Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our fill-in host on today's program is Pastor Ken Keith. We often spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church by interviewing our members and other friends of the ministry. We want to start by personally inviting you to church this Sunday. You'll be joining us on one of the most important Sundays of the year as we kick off our missions conference with special guest, Pastor Les Hines. There'll be two services Sunday morning, one at 9 a.m., the other at 11 a.m. That 11 a.m. service is available via live stream at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. We also have Japanese and Korean translation available during that service. Lots of other things happening. Pastor Ken Keith is going to talk to us a little bit more about that on today's program. So let's begin by welcoming Pastor Ken Keith. Hi, Pastor. Half a day, Chris. No, yeah, we're excited uh, really about what we hope God's going to do in this next week of meeting. So we'll have, as you mentioned, Sunday morning and evening. Uh, after the evening, we'll actually have an ice cream kind of fellowship with some cookies. So trying to tempt you to get out and, and f- do some fellowship with us there. But uh, we're most excited about what God's going to do in our church. Uh, Pastor Les Hines coming out talking about this idea of going. We are told to go and take the gospel to these nations, and these nations are right around us. Some of these nations are represented on our island, and we want to be proactive as a church and as individuals to to meet these people. So that'll happen Sunday. Monday night, we're going to have a, a special Monday night. You'll need to attend because we're not going to be able to broadcast it over the radio, but we're going to interview some of our missionaries who are going to be heading um, in the near future into Indonesia and and doing a work there. So we're going to have a little question and answer with them, and then Tuesday and Wednesday night, continue on with our conference. So we're really excited about it, excited about our theme of Go and seeing what God does this year through our conference. Um, today with us, we've got uh, Danny Gibbons. So I've known the Gibbons family for a little while, and Danny came out in 2017 as part of our summer ministry team, came back the following summer, and then we snagged him on uh, to full-time here at Harvest. And he's been our Spanish teacher for the last few years, and he's one of the favorites. And I know this because I've worked with the youth this whole time, and one of the favorite teachers that come up, including my own children, uh, telling me that, that Mr. Gibbons is one of their favorite in Spanish. They'll even tell me that, Danny. So they're doing, you're doing a great job. But what we want to do is we want you to kind of introduce yourself, starting out with the question, where'd you grow up? Because I think everyone's going to be intrigued that, you know, you didn't grow up in the Midwest or, or somewhere in the States. Where, where did you grow up? And kind of give us a little bit of your background there, Danny. Okay. So, yes, I'm Danny Gibbons. And I grew up in Argentina, which is in South America, the southernmost country in South America. Um, I was born in Buenos Aires, which is the capital of Argentina. Uh, the city of Buenos Aires is kind of, um, I can kind of compare the capital to Washington, D.C. because it's like an autonomous city. Right. But then it's surrounded by uh, like suburbs. So when you look at it from above, it just looks like one big sprawling city. But really, um, it's like a bunch of different cities put together. So uh, I was born in one of those outer cities um, right outside the capital line. Um, but when I was like four, four or five, my family moved to a smaller city called Chivilcoy, which was um, maybe a two-hour drive outside of the capital, uh, still within the province of Buenos Aires, so like central Argentina. 
Okay. And what brought your family there? Why Why was your family in Argentina? Oh, yeah. So uh, my parents uh, were missionaries. They, uh, they started as missionaries in Peru, actually. And my mom actually grew up in Argentina as well. So they went to Peru first and then ended up uh, moving to Argentina. And they were there for about 20 five years yeah and they just recently actually visited you this last uh, yeah. november right yeah yeah we got yes. it was a blast getting to getting to know uh his family his parents hopefully we see some of your siblings uh maybe this summer yeah that would be great hopefully, yeah. yeah yeah hopefully they're listening come out <laughs> um so what was it like being a missionary kid um in in argentina what what were some of the things that you remember fondly maybe what's a difficulty that that was part of of that and what are things you look back on going man i wouldn't change that for the world so in some ways it's like very normal in some ways very not normal and i think some of those things you know you realize now looking back because as a kid you're not really making that distinction or, or realizing how your life might be different than most people's or many people so um I mean, like Argentina is a really nice place to live. And so we lived a pretty normal life there, um, just doing everyday things that everybody would do in everyday life. Um, but then some of the things that probably I thought were normal and didn't realize weren't, um, I can talk about some of those things. Um, like, for example, like we homeschooled, which n isn't even a thing there, um, or at least wasn't at the time. And so that kind of made us a little bit different from everybody else. Um, it, everybody was just kind of like intrigued by that and <laughs> people would always ask you like what school do you go to and it was like we would come up with names for our school so we wouldn't have to explain it because <laughs> no, it was just too long of an explanation that didn't really make sense in that context yeah um but also just the fact that uh, i grew up speaking two languages um i never really formally learned sp like english or spanish just the normal way everybody does speaking uh, my parents kind of had a rule that that we would speak English in the house and Spanish outside of the house. Okay. In one way, like to show respect, because so, it would be kind of disrespectful to be speaking English around people that can't understand you, but also so that we would just naturally grow up speaking both languages. So I don't really remember learning one language over the other. I've always just known both as long as I can remember. Although one time when we went home on furlough, I was four, I forgot all my Spanish. <laughs> and when we came back, my mom always tells about how I would get angry at church because everybody was speaking in Spanish. Nice. <laughs> um, nice. Uh, so there's that. Um, there's a couple specific situations. I remember like we would always like Chimilcoy, the city we're in was a very like safe place to just be out and about even as a kid, like riding bikes or whatever. So we would do all that normal stuff. Uh, there was a, a plaza, like a park, mm -hmm. um, a block away from my, our house that we would just go hang out in almost every day, me and my siblings. And, um, we would talk to each other in English, even though I know I told you we weren't supposed to, but we would talk to each other in English and then people would hear, like the other kids would hear us. And so then they would all be like intrigued and trying to get us to tell them how to say stuff or whatever. And um, I remember this one time specifically, um, there were these kids, uh, there were kids that go to a private school. And so the private schools there have a more rig rigorous uh, English language program. Mm -hmm. So they would all want to practice with us. And so there was one time where they said, okay, come tomorrow to the park at like this time because we're going to bring some friends. And we went and there was probably like 30 people there. <laughs> so we just didn't, we didn't go. We like went around, we went back home, we didn't go. But that's just, I guess, an example. There were some things that were like highlights that I liked every year. Like um, we would have our like uh, missions conference for our 
missionaries in Chile every year. And we would always make it a road trip. And so we would cross the Andes mountains and it was like a three day trip. Um, so we would do that every year. So just nice. kind of like experiences like that, that were really cool. What, um, what did the church look like in Argentina? Um, was it a, a very much a missions, uh, missionary church where, where it was at its seed point of its, of its growth or, or was the churches where the churches, um, farther along in their in their growth uh and foundation there in that area we started our church in our like living room mm -hmm. so that was another experience i guess being able to see a church start and then go through all the phases of growth so our philosophy was like um to get it started and then give it over to uh, national leadership yeah. and so yeah, I mean, I remember that we would meet in our living room. It started out kind of just as a Bible study. And just my parents, like, while they were living their everyday life, they would try to just meet people and, like, our realtor or, like, whoever. Yeah. And then the group just got a little bit bigger and bigger. Um, we met, actually, people from Korea that lived there, and they were already Christians. Um, and And we ended up, our first group was three Korean families. Really? Um, because they went to a Korean church in the capital, but that, the capital is two hours away. So yeah. they kind of liked being able to stay in the city. And so they actually paid to rent our first uh, church building. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then, um, so that's kind of how we became, got like a church building, got a little bit bigger. And then um, we just kind of kept growing from there. Some, there were, uh, there's a couple other churches in the city um that that um kind of split up or people had like negative experiences so they came from there so not everybody um like was introduced to christianity through our church okay but um it's maybe half and half okay yeah the uh and then they they um your folks have moved back what about a year and a half ago two years ago uh so they actually moved back the same year that i moved here so 2018 yeah. oh, okay okay yeah. And they're in um, Miami, right? Right outside right Miami, outside yeah, Miami. Fort Lauderdale. Okay. And what is he doing now? They work at their home office. He's the general director. Uh, what mission board again? Gospel Mission of South America. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, what What were some of the things, as we're coming up into missions conference, and, and you went to some missions conferences there in South America and also in the States, what were some of the things that stuck out to you or maybe stories your parents told you that that were just um very effective they 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 minister to you as a missionary family to you maybe as a missionary kid but what were some of the things that the local churches uh did very well that really spoke spoke to you and your family yeah i thought about this a lot and there was i think two things um one of them that i actually just thought of so the first one um that really made the biggest difference at least for me was uh, when members of our supporting churches would come out mm. because when we went on furlough it was always a little um like i didn't really like i liked going on a furlough to like visit my family or whatever but i didn't like visiting all the churches because i mean part of that is just me as an introvert but going to all these new churches and all these people and it's just very uh, i didn't really enjoy it like personally but when church members from those churches had come out and mm. then like at our house and like i knew them um, then it was different and I actually looked forward to going to their church and seeing them. And it was kind of like we knew each other and it wasn't just this 
I'm here for today and whatever. Yeah, you weren't so, on display in front yeah, of everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was just a lot different, and it was just fun when they came out, and then they kind of they kind of understood us, and then yeah. I knew who they were, and it just made it more of a I guess real relationship than anything. And the other one is um, there was this uh, group of ladies from one of our supporting churches who would just always send us cards hmm. like um, at, for our birthdays, for everything. And it was just a small thing, but like, I still always remember their cards. They, they always send us cards for everything. And they were called the Gleaners. And for the longest time, I thought that was somebody's last name. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who are the Gleaners? And then, but it was a group of ladies from a church. Yeah, they would just always send us like cards and gifts and stuff. Nice, yeah. nice. But I think the main thing, yeah, people that are able to actually go in and then you have some kind of a relationship and then it's just, it changes. Look, look, can we hit that? I didn't prep you for this one, but what would, um, what do you think's the importance? I mean, this is something we've been trying to do. We've done pretty faithfully at Harvest uh, pre-COVID. COVID has put some restrictions on us for, for traveling, but what are some of the benefits you saw as churches, people in the church, pastors, lay people would come out to the field and experience i mean what were some of the benefits for your family but what were some of the benefits for for them i mean as as you saw kind of a change in their understanding you mentioned a little bit about that so benefits for our family i think it was just kind of maybe i guess encouraging maybe more for our parents than us although also for us obviously um so probably encouraging in that sense and feeling like like now when you write about stuff they know what you're talking about so that kind of stuff. Um, and then benefit for them. Okay, I mentioned earlier that some of the stuff is clear looking back. And I think one of the things that I value the most, like now, is um, like experiencing the church or Christianity outside of the States. Mm. And just knowing that like um, it's different everywhere and that it's not just like an American thing. Mm -hmm. And I think experiencing both of those and just kind of i can imagine that that would be beneficial for people coming as yeah. well to kind of just see that um it's not just you know part of american culture it's worldwide yeah yeah that was something as we've done trips i've done different trips and and where i worked previous to harvest working with our study abroad and our missions trips through the college there that was one of the themes of of those trips just seeing christianity flourish in a whole different scenario a whole different culture yeah. and some of the things that were very consistent i mean obviously the tenets of the faith and and discipleship and god doing a work uh through the gospel i mean those things were consistent but they all looked a little different because someone accepting christ in one culture was applauded in another culture it's it's life-changing in yeah. very negative ways and and i remember a lot of our our students coming back and a lot of the different teams i've worked even outside here at harvest you you it just it impacts how the gospel truly is the answer to all cultures though it looks a little different it, the church looks a little different in each one of these cultures and it's awesome to see how it looks because it's like, wow, man. And usually what happens is typically uh, we actually had to have a session with our our students coming back. You cannot hate America when you come back because they get and they see 
some of the things that are happening are like, man, we're missing everything. We need to we need to make these changes in our church, and we need to and helping them understand the cultural aspects. Certain things work phenomenal right. in this culture that wouldn't work for us and vice versa, but we can both learn from each other. So yeah, no, that is a, that is a huge benefit. And then, like you said, seeing the need, seeing the need of the people, um, is, is a huge part. Is there any, um, stories you have from, you said you had a couple in country, um, missions conference. What did that look like? Some of the in country missions conferences? Uh, we had, it was for like the, the missionaries of our mm-hmm. mission group. We would just meet every year, and it was kind of more for um, that. It was so that they could have their meetings, like their business meetings and stuff was part of it. And okay. the other part was so that they could, they wouldn't have to be involved. Like, we would get, like, a special speaker to come, nice. and they wouldn't really have to do any of that. So kind of to feed them, bring yeah, them yeah, together, yeah. unify them. And we did it, um, like, we have a... We had like a campground, one in Chile, one in Uruguay, one in Argentina, and we would like alternate between the countries. Uh, my favorite one was always Chile because um, it was like on a lake and stuff like that. Nice. So it was just always really fun, like for the kids and then the parents got to all be together. And um, and it was like a week long. We stayed in cabins. Nice. So, yeah. Um. Okay. Easy question for you. We'll, we'll end on a little lighter, lighter note here favorite food that you just like i miss from home like oh, if the steak. i the steak yeah, tell the me steak. why because you you've explained to me why the steak and every time you explain my mouth waters <laughs> so we'll put we'll put our listening audience through this torment but what is it about the steak that uh, just sticks out i wish i were like an expert and i don't know but the beef Argentina is like known for having some of the best beef in the world I don't, technically, I don't know if it's number two or number three or something like that. Um, I think it has to do with how the cattle's fed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way they prepare it, it's called, um, like, the the name for the barbecue there is called asal, and the grill is called a parrisha, and they have different cuts of meat that they than they use here, mm-hmm. and they, like, slow cook it over. So they, like, make a fire, and then they take, like, the the ashes from the fire and put it under the grill and then they slow cook the beef over that yeah um yeah it's just really good and it's super tender yeah yeah yeah, yeah i'm hungry and it's right not now. it's not seasoned or anything like it's just yeah. salted yeah yeah, yeah i don't so want to talk about it anymore actually because <laughs> um, i don't think that's in my future for lunch today but uh but yeah no um we appreciate you coming and and just sharing some of the experiences um, that you you had and and some of the things that hopefully will help us as we listen from someone who came as as a missionary kid to a church and and saw the effect of a engaged church um, having in their family from encouragement of coming out to encouragement of just simply sending cards and and hopefully this helps those of you who are listening just to just to hear kind of a behind the scenes. This is the impact we can have on those who are who are on the field and faithful there, and and not forgetting some of them, many of them uh, that we support have children, and just how just a small note for birthdays and uh, interacting with these kids as they come, treating them as uh, individuals as they come to our to our ministry, or going out and visiting them and, and getting to know their whole family has an impact. So we want to be that here at Harvest, and um, we're very thankful. Thank you so much, Danny, for for taking a few minutes 
to to um, uh, kind of help us understand this a little bit more and make us very hungry. <laughs> but um, but we're so thankful to to have the opportunity to be on the side of the world where we could get into some of these countries and some of these places so much easier than others can. And we want to be faithful to that as God opens back up the doors for travel into these di- different places. Again, I'd encourage you, please be a part of what we're going to be doing here this Sunday, um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, please, please be a part. I think you're going to be ri- encouraged and richly blessed as you hear what God's doing and as a church, as we're challenged to be more effective in our going and taking the gospel where it's needed. Well, thank you again for listening to Harvest Time. Of course, at this point in the program, we always want to personally invite you again to church this Sunday. It's going to be a great uh, week together during our missions conference, but Sunday morning you can come at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Again, that 11 a.m. service is also available via live stream, hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. And there is Korean and Japanese translation available during the 11 a.m. service as well. If you want to find out more about Les Hines and our missions conference, you can go to our website, the homepage, same place, hbcguam.org. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.